cul-de-sac contemplating murder. Swerving with my circus, looking for a purpose. Pseudo clean record hope got Hey, everybody. Welcome back to episode 15 of Culper's Canteen Cup. It's been a busy, busy news week since last Memorial Day weekend. We've got a lot of stuff to cover today. But before we get into that, I'm going to send it over to Sexy Voice Josh to plug a local business. Hey, are all you canteeners tired of being stuck inside? You ready to get back outside and stretch your legs? I know I am. Head on over to Outdoor 76. They're open and ready to outfit with the latest outdoor clothing and equipment so you can focus on having fun and making up for lost time. Outdoor 76 is a small family-owned business specializing in the best outdoor clothing, footwear, hiking gear, and accessories with locations in Franklin, North Carolina, and Clayton, Georgia. They're perfect locations to get you outfitted and started on any type of venture in the mountains for North Georgia and Western North Carolina. Franklin, North Carolina is a designated Appalachian Trail community and perfectly situated for your next AT adventure, whether that's a day section or even a through hike. So head on over to Outdoor 76 at one of their two locations or check them out at www.outdoor76.com. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram. Again, head on over, check them out, and gear up for your next outdoor adventure. All right. So today, like Luke said, we have a man. It's been a busy news week. Um, it, you know, 2020 has been uh, just a complete disaster, um, you know, thus far. So we're going to cover uh, two two main topics um, in this episode. And the first one we're going to talk about is George Floyd um, and what's going on in you know Minneapolis right now. Um, so. I don't know. You, you know, it's hard to say. Obviously, it's, it's extremely inflammatory. It's very controversial. Um, but, you know, what I'll say about it is, is this. The based on the video that we have and everybody, you always want to wait until all the you know, all the evidence comes out. We've seen this before. We've seen this movie play over, you know, uh, more than a few times. And we, we kind of know how they end. Um, but this one seems pretty cut and dry. Right. So, I mean, there's multiple videos from multiple angles, you know, from from the time they pull. George Floyd out of his vehicle, um, you know, to the, to the end. Um, and it's pretty, I mean, it it is pretty egregious, uh, you know, what, what happens. There's a, I think, you know, Rogers said there's like a full seven minutes, you know, to where this officer is kneeling down on his neck after he's handcuffed. Right. So, you know, my personal opinion is officer, you know, he has been arrested as about 45 minutes, maybe an hour ago. Um, and you know, they, they should absolutely face charges, um, but I think people need to apply, you know, some, some Hanlon's razor to this, um, and, you know, never equate to, to malice, what you can equate to incompetence, your stupidity. Um, you know, there, there's zero evidence that this was racially charged. There is zero evidence that this was racially motivated. And I think people need to step back and take a look at that. I think you know, we're probably a little late for that. We've already, you know, gone down the road, um, you know, people automatically want to equate race with with this, and they want to create equate race with with everything that comes along in this vein. And I just don't, you know, unless unless there's evidence proving otherwise, I I, I don't equate race to this. Um, you know, I, I certainly do not equate the false equivalencies that people are pushing out there, saying that this is the same. You know, the the, the looting and the rioting going on is the same as the Boston Tea Party. Um, you know, it is absolute nonsense. Um, you know, the, the grievance is against the police, not, you know, the target store that got looted and burned, not the CVS, you know, not the, the small businesses, the mom and pop businesses that have been looted and burned 
um, you know, had nothing to do with this. Um, and if you go back and look at the Boston Tea Party, the Sons of Liberty, one, they specifically only targeted the tea, right, because of the tea tax from the East India Company that the British was imposing on them, right? So, the you know, Britain was in a lot of debt and they, you know, they were going to try and balance that, uh, you know, balance their budget on the on the backs of the colonists and specifically tea. So I don't think there's any equivalency there. And I think any comparison of those two is, is absolutely just absurd, um, so I can go over Roger, let Roger give his, uh, his thoughts on it. Um, so do you, do you think they actually took any of the tea home with them or do they throw it all in the Harbor? So just, just kind of curious. So they, what I read, so they, they threw it all in the Harbor. There were some folks there that tried to line, you know, line their pockets with some tea and line their pockets with some <laughs> other private property. Right. And, uh, you know, the sons of Liberty that were there, they stopped them. Um, you know, they stopped them from doing that. So I, you know. Again, like they even replaced, you know, there was one lock broken and this is, you know, as far as history goes, there was one lock broken and they actually replaced the lock the next day. Right. They sent them over a new lock and they kind of like, here, here you go. Our bad. You know, we, we, we had to break your lock. So hey, why, don't, why don't you give those rioters a couple days, man? Just give them a couple days and maybe they'll return that shit. <laughs> you never know. You never know. I just, you maybe know, you're jumping the gun a little bit, Josh. Maybe I am jumping the gun. You know, I, I kind of wanted to reach out to the one guy who, you know, got a picture of him and he's got, you know, a couple of bottles of whiskey, you know, stuffed into the pocket of his shorts and it got a couple of his hands. I mean, it was shitty whiskey. I think one of them was like, it the, wasn't even good whiskey. It was I know it was like the Jack Daniels, like green apple, like it's just some bullshit, man. I was hoping that I could reach out to that guy, maybe find him and see, you know, see if he could snag me a bottle of Pappy. Um, <laughs> You know, or like a like a Victor's twenty year or something. You know, <laughs> if you're gonna do it, man, at least get the good shit. But I, I just think it, it is it's absolutely nonsense. Um, and you have these people out here that are virtue signaling. You know, signaling. They never post on social media about this shit until it's a big case like this, and all of a sudden they're like, "Oh my god, I can't believe what's going on." You know, you know, you know. Black people are disp- you know, are, are disproportionately targeted, you know, by the police, which statistics do not back that up, um, you know, and, you know, every other time that, you know, somebody gets killed in some senseless killing, they, they're, they're, they're silent, um, you know, until it's socially acceptable to speak out. And now they're, you know, they're, they're kind of hopping on that bandwagon. Um, it, it's just, it, it's nonsense, you know. Well, and you notice the first card that's played is is the racism card. And I, you know, kind of back to what you were saying, like, when, I don't know if this guy is a racist or not. I don't know if, if any of the four officers that were involved, I don't, you know, I don't know their history um, other than what I've read. You know, obviously Chauvin had, you know, 18 complaints uh, since 2001. So, I mean, you are talking about 19 years, 18 complaints. You know, again, th- that can be anything from, from small time to, you know, at least two of them he was uh, disciplined for. But, you know, I don't know, I guess the point being with all four of them, you know, I don't know if they've had any or shown any uh, patterns of, of racism in the, in the past. But, you know, that was kind of it is interesting because I, I live out here in Phoenix, not Apache Junction, uh, Luke. But by the way, they are having a state land auction for Apache Junction land. So, you know, you can what? step up. Uh, yeah, it's happening like two weeks, man. But uh, you know, I was with my kids. <laughs> I was with my kids last night and they were rioting in Phoenix, which um, I, I kind of don't understand because, I mean, we're kind of out of the. One, it was hot. All right. It's like 105 degrees. And generally speaking, riders don't like hot weather. And I don't even know what they're riding against or what they're protesting against or whatever. But my kids are watching all this stuff unfold on the news. And of course, my boy just turned 18. And, 
it's uh, we were watching local news, which was kind of good because, you know, as we've talked about in the past between editorials and actual news, I was like, hey, kids, pay attention to what you're watching and how the local news, uh, you know, portrays what's happening differently than when we watch Fox News or CNN or, or whatever. It tends to be, hey, this is what's going on. Um, but even my boy, you know, the first thing he jumped to was, you know, that's kind of messed up. Now, here's the thing. From what I've seen with the video, and like Josh said, normally it's like, hey, kids, shut your pie holes, let everything come out over these next couple of days, couple of weeks, and then once all the facts are out, then make your determination. I think, and, and I'm not going to jump all the way to the end, but I think with what I've seen, because uh, the video I saw this morning was uh, when the cops actually pulled him out of the vehicle. Uh, and, you know, and that was there for a couple of minutes. He had two police officers, one on each side of the vehicle, and I forget who was riding with him. It was either his wife or you know, his mom or whatever, and then somebody in the back. But the cop, you know, after a couple minutes, pulls him out. Doesn't look like there's too much of a struggle. I did hear reports that, you know, he he may have been under the influence. So they pull him out of the vehicle. Um, It looks like he's handcuffed right there as they pull him out. And then they take him over to a wall that's like maybe 10 yards away, five yards away, and they sit him down there for a couple minutes. And then from there, they pick him back up, walk him over to the police car, and then, you know, a different camera angle jumps in. So just from looking at that, uh, you know, I don't know how you get to the knee on the neck. Um, you know, I think what, what, you know, the seven minutes, it's, it's pretty ridiculous, but the, the, the bigger point to this, so there's two issues, right? I think what the cops did from what I've seen totally wrong, absolutely. And if they find, uh, you know, the other videos come out and there's enough evidence there to charge them with murder or whatever they need to charge them with, they need to do that. Uh, what bothers me the most is that everybody immediately jumps to racism. And it's like, well, you don't know these cops were racist. And, you know, I told my kids, it's like, you know, my daughter is like, that could have been you, my boy, that could have been you, that could have been me, that could have been any one of us. Okay. He happened to be black. Um, you know, can you say that uh, because that happened to a black man, that's a racist event? And then obviously, you know, you have the protests, which, by the way, full supporter of protests. You know, I, I, I'm an advocate of it. I tell my kids all the time, I tell my wife, it's like, hey, man, I, you know, that is one of the, uh, that's one of your basic freedoms and rights. Uh, is to protest. Uh, but then once you get to the riots, it, you know, it's like Josh said, you've got folks come out here trying to defend that. It's like, how do you defend robbing a target? Right? Like, so in protest of all the racism, I'm going to carry out this, you know, 65 inch flat screen TV. That, that's how I'm going to pro how, what purpose is that? So the bottom line is they just want free shit. I mean, just call it what it is, right? You you have actual protesters that are there because of the injustice they've seen and, and what have you. And so that's one case by itself. But then the rest of those thugs, you know, I think I was reading it was a, um, just for some of the big name stores, it was like an AutoZone, it was a Wendy's, it was a Target. And then I think I've heard uh, a lot of small mom and pop shops. One guy had to go out there and spray paint minority owned business so they wouldn't, uh, you know, they wouldn't rob his, his store or trash his store. So, you know, I think my problem is when you get to, you know, just the George Floyd piece by itself, uh, which will all come out. Like you said, he, you know, one of the officers has been arrested, but the, the rioting and the and the protesting, it just doesn't support the cause. And now the news is about that. It's not about George Floyd, um, whatever's going to come out. So they kind of detract from the message. And, and it's that jump to, to racism. So let me I know I've rambled a little bit. Let me kick it to Luke, get some of his thoughts and perspective on it. I hate following Roger because he's so he's so well planned out and he's so, you know, articulate. And I'm just kind of all over the place. He cuts Whatever. out half. He, he cuts out half my stuff. Folks, so <laughs> so you'll that never is, know that what is I true. Think. So all the listeners <laughs> out there for both of you, you're only hearing 55 percent of the stuff that Luke says. Just saying. 
Okay, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to be articulate here. So, <clears throat> first of all, I saw the video pretty early on. My wife actually called me, and she just was outraged. Couldn't believe what she had seen. And I, I told I told Josh earlier today I'm not going to use the R word, the race word, but I think I kind of have to to express why um, I'm outraged over certain things. I think we, all three of us here at the Cup agree is out of line. It's it's manslaughter at best. It's murder at worst. Uh, once a police officer takes uh, a person into custody, it is their job to protect them to ensure that person's rights, that ensure that person has access to their rights and access to the justice system. So they 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 screwed up, and and they they killed a guy. Well, we'll we'll see what happens. But he did die in their custody, and the knee on the neck for seven minutes did not help. Now, what outraged me most was not most. What what started to outrage me was the day after. I'm going through Facebook, looking, going through Twitter, and I'm seeing conflation of things that have nothing to do with this issue. Uh, you know, the Boston Tea Party thing that 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 ha- that that came up a couple of days ago. You know, somebody you know posting Colin Kaepernick picture kneeling next to the cop. It's like, man, you're really stretching. And another, you know, calling out, you know, white people, you should speak up more. You should be more outraged about this. And I'm like. <laughs> This was not a white person, black, Hispanic, purple, red, green. This was an American who was mis- who, who was denied his rights by the police, by the state. Okay, I know good cops, bad cops, I understand it. But that it leads into another thing, man. I mean, this was a real opportunity for the American tribes, the two tribes that are out there, you know. We all know what, what I'm talking about there. You have your two Second Amendment guys, you've got your riders on the street, you know. Uh, Black Lives Matter, you know, police brutality. This was a real opportunity, and it still is for both sides to kind of come together on this and be like, you know what? It's not about race. It's about the police are out of control. Not all of them, but in the big urban centers, I mean, stuff stuff is happening. You know, we just came out of two or three months of being locked down. There's a lot of frustration, a lot of frustration. The Second Amendment people showed up with guns at state capitals, you know, Cops are coming in, rolling up with MRAPs to, you know, uh, bars and pointing their weapons at people. There is a lot of pent up rage and frustration. I, I see this as as two sides of the same coin. It's like, let's come together. Let's hold the police forces accountable. There is no higher standard. There is no higher standard. The, the expectations are not too high for these police departments. And, you know, I'm telling you. It, it was a powder keg, and it was it was inevitable that it was going to go off. And this is why I think COVID nineteen is over. The media has jumped on this, and nobody cares about the hundred thousand Americans that just died anymore. Okay, it's over. We're on to a new news cycle. So I guess that's the good news. I guess you could say. But to the point of rioting and looting, you know, I'm with Roger and Josh. I am all for protesting, man. And even though I may not agree with it. I definitely don't agree with the looting, the target and the auto zone and stuff like that. That's just looting. That's that's just criminal behavior. But I may not agree with it, but I understand these people burning down the precinct. I understand them going after the cops. That is sending a message to the government. Now, again, I don't necessarily agree with it. But, you know, at some point, the government needs to know, needs to realize, like they said in that Waco, uh, like the FBI guy, HRT guy said in the Waco series, he's like, you know, it's all an illusion. As long as the people believe that we have the power over them, they'll roll over. But on any given day, if the government really turns on the people, dude, they don't have power. 
And that's what's showing, you know, I'm not advocating for anything. I'm just saying it's good for the government to be reminded every time. This is what can happen if you fuck up. You know, so I've got more to say, but I'm going to kick it to Josh before I get too worked up. <laughs> no, man, go ahead and get worked up. It's good. Um, no, you're absolutely right. I, you know, if I absolutely get you want to, you know, you want to go torch the police precinct. You want to flip over a couple of cruisers, you know, and, and set them on fire on Main Street. Like, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I understand it. And I can absolutely get that. And you're right. Every from from time to time, the government has to be reminded you know, who, who is in charge, um, you know, absolutely not advocating for violence, not advocating for anything. But when you go and you burn down a 189 unit low income housing building in your neighborhood, what point are you proving? Like, what are you doing? You're not doing anything. All you did was just take away from the people in your neighborhood, you know, those people that are probably helping you loot, um, you know, and now 189 available house, you know, places that people could live, you know, that people that need that don't have that anymore. There, you know, there was a retired firefighter there who had a sports bar, opened up a sports bar, lifelong dream, you know, retired from the um, fire department, and now he doesn't have a sports bar anymore. Why? Because people went in and looted it and trashed it. Hey, what did you prove? Did you show the government, you know, anything? No, no, you didn't. You didn't do anything. And all you did, like Roger said, all you did was to detract from, you know, the real tragedy here, which is a man is dead because of a police officer who was absolutely incompetent. Right. Or did it out of malice? We don't know. Right. I don't know if any of those cops are racist. You know, I don't know. But, you know, one thing that we haven't seen, I don't know the you know, I don't know the demographics of, uh, of Minneapolis, but, you know, you saw it in L.A. And, uh, you, well, you've seen a couple of pictures of it out of Minneapolis so far, you know, of folks in front of their businesses armed to the teeth. Right. You saw it in L.A. You saw, you know, the, the rooftop Koreans in L.A., man. They were up there and they were loaded for bear and they were ready to go to protect their business. And that's absolutely to me, that's absolutely insane. Like if, you know, if my neighbor wrongs you, if my neighbor does something egregious, don't come burn down my house because of it. Come tell me what my neighbor did. Come show me what my neighbor did. And if I think it's egregious, I'll come with you to protest. I'll come with you. I'll, you know, people say that there's, you know, institutional racism in the United States. And don't you don't get me wrong. I, I think I absolutely believe racism exists. Right. But when people talk about, well, it's institutional racism and all police officers, that's nonsense and that's garbage. And you automatically lose me. Any support I'm going to give you, you have automatically lost when you say nonsense like that. You show me the institution and you show me the specific law, the specific act that they're doing that is racist. I will go with you and fight that. Right. But what you don't get to do is go burn down my neighbor's house or burn down my house because you're pissed off and you're upset. That's not how this works. Right. We can't have that. And when you do that, you lose support for your cause and your message gets lost in that nonsense. Not that any of these people looting and rioting or, you know, are, are, are ever going to be arrested and face justice. Nobody in Baltimore ever got arrested, you know, or face justice for, you know, for looting and burning down stores there, um, you know, over the uh, what was that the. The Freddie Gray uh, incident, you know, like when Baltimore was on fire, you know, nobody ever, nobody ever got arrested or stood, stood justice for that. Um, You know, so yeah, it's, 
it's a mess. And at the end of the day, the, you know, the tragedy in all of this is that George Floyd is dead and he probably didn't need to be, you know, he did, he, he did not need to be had, you know, somebody like Amy Klobuchar maybe done her job when she was a prosecutor, you know, Roger, you mentioned this guy had 19 complaints against him in a 19 year career, right? That's one complaint a year. You got somebody 19 years, you know, and they have one or two. Okay. Yeah. You know, but bro, you got 19, you got one, you average one a year. I mean, that's a hell of a batting average, right? That's your, like, that's to, <laughs> to most, <laughs> to most, you know, to most common sense people that you've now, you have long established a pattern. And so, you know, somebody probably should have looked and be like, Hey man, there's smoke here. There's probably some fire somewhere. We should probably go back and, uh, you know, and do something about this. Um, I don't know how that's going to, uh, yeah, I don't know that's how to, how that's going to go over for for Klobuchar. Um, I did see Keith Ellison come out and defend Klobuchar, actually defend her record on that. Um, I don't know, you know, what Keith Ellison's plans are. I don't know if he's going to beat any of these looters or protesters like he beat his girlfriend, um, you know, or anything. So allegedly, <laughs> allegedly beat his she girlfriend. <laughs> hey, man, you know. Um, I'm just waiting to see the, uh, you know, the the police chief of Minneapolis come out and say something. I'm waiting for people to come out and say he should resign or be fired, you know, for allowing this guy to stay on the force. I don't think we'll see that anytime soon. And I'm kind of curious to see what the governor um, is going to, uh, you know, see, see what that guy is going to come out and say. He's he, a couple things. Somebody asked him if he had a plan during the press conference, and he was like, "As it pertains to what?" It's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe because Minneapolis is fucking burning to the ground, bro. Yeah, what's your plan? Um, you know, you got the National Guard right now. They showed some pictures of them. There, there's 500 in the city. They uh, they are patrolling with no magazines in their weapon. Um, it's clear as day. You know, they showed them and it's like, okay, I'm gonna send, I'm gonna send, you know, Joe the bartender or whoever out here, you know, as a National Guardsman, but I'm not gonna give them ammo. Um, I don't know exactly what they're supposed to do. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, many. It's a shit show, and it's starting to spill over into other. Right, it's spilling over, like Roger said. You know, it's spilling over to other cities. The state house in Ohio, um, the windows are being smashed out of it right now, um, and people are trying to break inside the state house of Ohio over this. You know, the, well, why? Like, did 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 the Ohio government have something to do with George Floyd being murdered? You know, being killed? Like, I, no, dude. It, dude, Josh, it, I'm okay. I think it goes back to what I said, dude. People have been pimped up for too long. People are fed up with law enforcement to a point. So, I mean, yeah, I agree with you, you know, about burning your neighbor's house down, of course. But it's like, you know, the, the protests in Phoenix, I would like to believe that it's because they were pissed off about the police force in Minneapolis. Maybe they've seen other things and we're looking at, you know, the police or, but I, I believe that this I would I would want to believe that people are are putting the government on notice like, hey, look, you need to square your stuff away. Now, unfortunately, I want to believe that I don't necessarily think it's true, Um, but I do think we'll get to that point because this is not the last time this is going to happen. Something similar is going to happen. Something similar probably happened last week. It just didn't get any press. Something similar probably happened back in mid-April, but it didn't get any press because that wasn't the news cycle back then. You know, and I want to issue a correction right now before I kick it to Roger. Sorry to cut you off there, Roger, but I want to issue a correction. I no longer think Amy Klobuchar will be vice president, vice president Biden's selection to be vice president. <laughs> Way to go out on a limb there, uh, Luke. Appreciate that. 
Yeah, and they are already talking about, you know, we were passing around articles earlier today. We were talking about Stacey Abrams, but another topic by itself. I tell you, the the problem that I have with the rioting and even the protests, one, in all fairness, so a lot of the leaders of Black Lives Matter have come out and said, hey, stop the protesting. I've actually heard of some folks on the ground uh, through the news that are, you know, trying to stop all the rioting, not the protesting, right, but the, the rioting and the looting. Um I think, uh, you know, even uh, George Floyd's family has come out and and said, hey, you know, let's stop the looting. Let's stop the violence. Let's do, uh, you know, peaceful protesting or what have you. The problem with all of this, when you talk about a systematic problem that we have or a systemic problem, you're already at step three or four. You know, you talk about, uh, you know, it's putting the government on notice. Hey, let me break this down to you. You know how you put the government on notice? You vote. Okay. That's how you put the government on notice. Because, you know, even when you look at your, your, uh, you know, 2008, your, uh, your 2012, your 2016, even your presidential elections, you know, best case, you're between 60 and 70% voter turnout, which means that's on a national level. When you look at your local level, you're lucky to hit even 50%. Uh, you know, I've got places out here that I've seen that it's a 40% voter turnout. So I will tell you this you really want to talk about, you know, reminding them. You remind them by voting. Okay, you put the people in office, um, you know, that are about equality, liberty, justice, upholding the Constitution, what have you. People don't get involved at the grassroots to their, you know, in their local communities, their local elections, their local officials, uh, and, and all the way up to the state. And that's how you end up with corrupt folks up there. As far as the, uh, as far as the governor, uh, he came out this morning with his uh, his little press conference, and, and it's it, it's a little tangent here, but let me put this. This is what he says, and, and I'm paraphrasing here, okay? So it's not a quote. We are not allowing protests because it violates our prohibition of gatherings over 10 people. Think about that for a minute. And, uh, you know, I posted on my Facebook page earlier. It's the, uh, you know, one of those is a constitutional right. So, you know, you go figure that out. But, you know, I think when I, when I look at the fallout from all of this stuff, protests are good. Love them. Um, you know, I guess my next big question to either one of you is obviously the George Floyd piece is going to work itself out, uh, one way or another, probably, you know, one's going to obviously be charged. I don't know about the other three. Um, one is definitely going to be charged, but as far as the other side of the house with the protests, you know, where does that go? And, and I, you know, is it continued protesting and do these folks actually go back to the community and say, Hey, maybe we need to make a change locally because here's the thing, you know, like we talked about sheriffs, right? I think it was last episode. Sheriffs are elected. Um, when you look at your police chief uh, or police chiefs, they're what are they? Uh, they're appointed. Depends. It depends. Depends okay. on where it is. So it can be elected. You can be appointed wherever. So maybe you're, you know, uh, you're looking at your your mayoral uh, mayoral elections or what have you. It's like folks have to get involved, right? That's where you started is at the voting level. And if you don't start off at, at step one, it's hard to really come in. At, and that's where my problem is, right? People come in at step four, and it's like, man, you didn't go through. It's through least to most intrusive, right? Like when we talk about search and seizure and this, it's like you start off with the small stuff, the easiest things to change at first, and then you ramp it up when you need to when those fail. Well, that's why Sharpton is there now, right? The system's broken. Of course. That's there why we Sharpton go. There we go. Is there We're now. good now. Because, yeah. because, because, look, yeah, you're right. You're right, Roger. Man, I'll, I'll back up and say, yeah, the way you put the government on notice is to vote. But when you've got special interest groups flipping this on its head at the very beginning and calling a race issue and then Sharpton shows up, voting's not going to change anything. It's just going to be a bigger Democrat majority. That's all it's going to do. So it's like, yeah, this is, so that's why I go down that road of putting the government on notice. But, you know, that's what is happening. 
by trashing precincts and police cars is that the system's broken. If more people right. go and show up to vote there, it, it, nothing's going to change. So, yeah, dude, I, but I agree with you. But that's why Sharpton's there is to spin this into something that's not. So, and I get it. Voting voting doesn't solve anything today. Voting was something that you would have had to do four or five, ten years ago, right, uh, to make these type of changes. Voting is not immediate, so absolutely agree with you. You know, there there are certain things that you have to do that that get that immediate impact. Um, you know, at the end of the day, maybe this guy was just a shitty cop. You know, at the end of the day, maybe he was just a shitty person, and you could have been white, black, yellow, Hispanic. It doesn't matter. Maybe he was just a shitty person, and whoever got pulled over that day, you know, for the counterfeit twenty or whatever in the hell it was, that was going to happen. Uh, for those that are on the racism thing, I think Josh touched a little bit on this earlier. So I pulled a couple of statistics, and it came from uh, uh, the Washington Post. So you know, take it for what it is. But just to kind of put things in perspective, here's a macro level of it. So. The number of people shot to death by police officers from 2017 to 2020. Uh, we'll start off with the black population. 2017, 223. 2018, 209. 2019, 235. 2020, 31. Uh, so that gives you a grand total of 698. Uh, take a guess how many white people were shot to death by a police officer, Josh? Probably double that. Easy. 1,268. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. And Hispanics, 498, and unknown is actually 629. So you could take the unknown, the 629, and you could probably equally divide them, right, because they're a mix or, or, or whatever. So now I get it. People are going to say, well, the population, because the white population is 72% of America and black is roughly 13%. Uh, but that is a very macro view of this. Okay, so I don't think that necessarily applies to it when you talk about racism. Uh, it's a very macro uh, view of it. So when you look at number for number, uh, yeah, 698 uh, as of you know a couple days ago when I pulled this uh, versus 1,268. So again, not to say that these cops weren't racist uh, or one of them were or what I, I think the other one was even a minority. I mean, what's his name? Two uh, O whatever his name is. I mean, I, I you know sounds like a minority to me. You Call can't pronounce stereotype. that. You can't pronounce that. I was actually <laughs> looking for his name. <laughs> he looked so that so I, I believe Two O uh, Tao. Something yeah, like that. I believe I read somewhere where he was a Pacific Islander. You're uh, saying it all wrong, Roger. Your pronunciation's <laughs> all off. So here's the thing, right? So you, you I'm know, a poor I, minority. Sorry. So you look at that, you know, you look at those numbers right there, right? And so that that says a lot. So when you come out, you know, when people come out and say, well, you know, black people are targeted more, you know, or, or, or shot more by police officers than white people, automatically, like that doesn't hold any water and the statistics don't support that, right? And if people are like, oh, you know, like you said, you know, 72% of the population, 72% of, you know, vice 13%, but you go back and look, okay, you know, what race, you know, disproportionately commits more crimes, right? And so there you, so. Right. Regardless, right. Regardless of that, there were three. And this is another important important thing, and this is an unpopular opinion uh, on a lot of on a lot of folks. Is there were three other police officers standing there. So, I love police officers, right? I am a I'm a huge police supporter. However, you are held as a police officer. You are held to a much higher standard than you know Joe John you know Joe Q Public, right? If you were a police officer and you were standing there and you were watching a fellow police officer abuse somebody, if you were watching them do something that you know to be wrong and you do not step in and correct it and fix it, guess what? Fuck you, too. You can burn with them. Right. There were Absolutely. three other police officers that were standing there watching that. 
who knew that, like you said, once they're, once someone is in police custody, they are now the responsibility. Their welfare is now your responsibility. It's like, you know, it's like prisoners of war on the battlefield. You know, you have to take them in and you safeguard them. You protect them like you would anybody else. Right. And so for the police officers out there, hey, man, you guys have got to start policing your own. You cannot allow these bad apples to ruin it for you and ruin it for everybody else because, you know, we're going to get to that point. A lot of people are already at that point, you know, to where they look at police officers and, you know, like I tell my kids, you know, growing up, it's like, hey, if you're in trouble, what do you do? Go find, you know, find a police officer. You know, how that police officer help you. A lot of people aren't telling their kids that anymore. Why? Because it's just a few bad, you know, it's, it's a few bad apples. Not all police officers are bad. Not all, you know, minorities are bad. Not all white people are bad. Like it's just, but if you are not helping yourselves, then you're, you're part of the problem. You know, and and when it comes to police officers, man, you have to find those bad apples and get them out. Get rid of them. Correct them. All one of those cops had to do, man, was walk over, grab that dude by the shoulder and be like, get out. Hey, man, like, don't think that dude can breathe. You need to get off of him. And if that guy said, you know, get bent, whatever, that's fine. But you're kneeled down like that, man. Your center of gravity's all off. And if I have to fucking football tackle you, bro, I'm getting you off that guy. Because there's people around. There's people watching. It's the right thing to like. Just I mean, fuck's sake, man. Like, you just Well, because 99 percent of the police officers are, are good. Right. Yeah. Men and women. Yeah. And the fact is, this goes back to my comment about being a shithead. That person, right, uh, Chauvin or whatever the hell his name is, he was going to be a shithead no matter what profession he was in. He exactly. could have been a soldier. He could have been a teacher. Uh, he could have been a firefighter. You know, he could have been anything. And guess what? He was going to be a shitbag. He just yep. happened to be in a position of authority uh, where, you know, he had the ability to, to, you know, unleash some pain on some people. And that's, um, you know, and ultimately kill a guy. So, you know, and, you know, I take this kind of wrap it back up for me. You know, I asked Luke, I think, and maybe even you, Josh, earlier today, and, th- and this kind of goes back to my voting thing, you know, and I, I get it. Voting is a very macro level. Or that is a 30,000 foot level. And again, it doesn't solve anything here and now. But, you know, I asked earlier uh, because I remember a conversation I had with a buddy years ago back in Baltimore when a lot of stuff was going down. But it's like, so where do police derive their authority from? You know, when we talk about MRAPs and we talk about all the equipment they buy and the tactics they use, because what you're doing as an American or anybody here in this country, you're giving up certain rights, correct? I mean, you give up certain rights, you give up certain freedoms because, uh, you know, theoretically, the police are going to, you know, they need to, they need that to happen in order to control the public. Or keep the peace, I guess, is, is a better way to put it, not necessarily control the public. But, you know, I ask where do police derive their authority from? And ultimately, they derive their authority from the 10th Amendment. Right. That passes down uh, powers to the state. And then from there, you have state constitutions all the way down to your, you know, your county and and your city, uh, you know, revised statutes and statutes and what have you. So that's my point at the macro level is like, hey, man, get involved locally. I mean, I I get it. It doesn't solve uh, the George Floyd piece. Right. But if you don't like the actions that are taken, you don't like the rights that you're given up, because I question that. It's like, where was my say in all of this? Right. When I look at, 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 you know, whatever I have to do out here in Phoenix, um, you know, that, that's required by law. It's like, well, where is my say in all this? Well, my say in all this was at the ballot box. OK. And whether you choose to do that, you know, so I would, you know, I would say that, you know, folks that, that continue, what I would like to see is folks that are out there protesting, especially, uh, you know, in, in Minnesota and these areas that are impacted. It's like, hey, if you really want change, uh, start changing the leadership, start getting some, uh, 
you know, laws in place or some activities or actions in place that support that cause, right? For for liberty, you know, freedom, all that other good stuff. So that that's kind of you know my my thirty thousand foot level. I'll, I'll kind of leave it at that. That's about all I got to say about. It. I'll kick it back to to Luke and he can, you know, give his final thoughts on it. Yeah, you know, uh, I think you you pretty much summed it up there, Roger. And I'll I'll even go so far as to say this. You know, not one percent or less of cops out there are bad. It's a lesson I learned early in life. People don't remember all the good you did. They remember that one time you screwed up. I'll say that same thing of the protesters. You know, um, the ones it only takes a little spark. One guy throwing a brick through a window for everybody to be like, okay, screw it. I think a lot of people that are out there protesting, the majority of them want to see change. They, they want to see, you know, they want justice. So you got to give it to them. Not all of them are bad. The ones coming out of Target with, you know, uh, their arms full of nonsense. Those are the bad ones. So I'll give it to them. Um, we, uh, Josh, do you have any closing thoughts on that before we go on the next topic? Um, just to one, where's the ACLU? Are they still missing in action? Because um, they've been silent for months and months and months now. And well, no, because they're, they're busy – they're busy, busy addressing the next topic that Luke's going to talk about. So <laughs> okay. they've been gone since March, right? And right. they're gone through all of this. But the, the next topic, and, and I'm going to cut you off real quick before you close it out, Josh, because you did mention this earlier. Uh, just a quick stat. So at to date, uh, well, correction, through May 25th in Chicago, 191 people have been killed so far. Talking about the suburban area, uh, which, by the way, is one fewer than all of 2019. So you got a lot of those, you know, black lives matters, you know, white lives matter, all lives matter. And this and that, they matter. Go look at your backyard because you've got 191 deaths, right, uh, already to date uh, in Chicago. No, no, because those people, black lives only matter when they're shot by a white person. Um, when it's black on black, they don't care, right? Because it's not, you know, it's just, that's, yeah, it's not as again, yeah, it doesn't again, get Again, these are the activists. These are yeah. the activists that are saying this, not, not the normal person. Right. Yeah. You know, no, I guarantee in oh. Chicago, in, in inner city Chicago, there are a lot of upset people. Yeah. No, absolutely. You know you, but I don't see I don't see Al headed to uh, O'Hare. Exactly. Um, exactly. You know, the, 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 he is the oh, man. He is the, he, the worst grifter of them all. Um, and the, and the, the last thought I have on it is. Man, a lot of these pro-gun control people who are like, you don't need that gun. That's what we have the police for. They've been awfully quiet. They've been awfully quiet on on, on, on this one. Um, you know, so I, I, one, I'm curious where they're at. And uh, don't think we've forgotten about you, Boogaloos. Hey, man. Actually, they're, here Josh, they're in line. They're in line waiting their three-day waiting period to buy their weapon right now. Right. The Boogaloos, man. Do you got cops out here acting acting pretty fascist, killing people in the street in broad daylight? Where were you at? Where were you at? Oh, that's right. You were sitting in your mom's basement, not doing anything. So that's my uh, that's my final thought on that. Woo! That was a lot of stuff, and we could probably continue going on, but we we really and you know what? This will probably come out. I don't know. Depends on when our producer gets it out there, but I'm sure more will happen over the weekend. So. I'm sure there'll be more to talk about. But we felt we needed to speak about a couple of things that have been going on um, over the past week. A tweet that set off a firestorm by the president. But we'll try to get this in 20 minutes. I'll give you some quick background. Back in 1996, those of you who uh, are too young to remember, around 1996 was the first time I kind of got on the Internet. And I rolled into an AOL chat room. 
And when people are chatting about certain things, and man, it was the freaking Wild West, man. People were saying some off-the-wall stuff. People were sending videos, uh, or not videos, but they were because the bandwidth was too low. They were sending pictures of just the most horrible, nasty stuff, you know. And uh, there was uh, some websites dedicated to showing pictures of crime scenes and deaths. I mean, it was the Wild West in 96. A lot back then, there was no Facebook. There was, you know... There was nothing. There was no Twitter, no YouTube. It was just a bunch of online platforms that weren't making a lot of money back then compared to what they're making now. The government did see that, hey, you know what? We need to put forth something that's going to protect these smaller providers that aren't making billions of dollars, protect themselves against lawsuits. Because if somebody puts a piece of child pornography through an AOL server and you know there's an exploited uh, child and the parent sees that, they were like, well, wait, we can sue that company for it passing through the servers. And the companies couldn't afford that at the time. So the government, uh, federal government came up with a thing called the Communications Decency Act, where basically these Internet service providers were protected uh, from being sued. They were, they were called platforms, not publishers. So they were different than a newspaper. They were more like, we are hosting this content. And... There's only 26 words that apply to this particular uh, section we're going to talk about, Section 230. 26 words. I'll read them real quick. No provider or user of an interactive computer service shall be treated as the publisher or speaker of any information provided by another information content provider. In other words, they're not responsible for what people post on, uh, on their platform uh, within reason. You, you know, they still are expected to police against you know, uh, crime scene photos, uh, child pornography, uh, anything that's advocating violence is within reason. So what we want to talk about is the difference between, and, you know, Trump came out with the uh, executive order, uh, basically kind of curbing some of those, some of those things that uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube enjoy because of Section 230. So Trump is now saying basically because of this uh, due to in this executive order that these providers are going to kind of be considered publishers instead of platforms unless they change their ways. So y'all are tired of hearing me talk about it. That's, just, that's a quick boiled down background. I'm going to kick it to Roger first and he can give some of his concerns with this and then we'll kind of go around the horn. Yeah, you know, look, we've had this conversation for for months, and so for the listeners out there, I purposely did zero, uh, you know, background research on this because Luke's got some involvement with publishing and, and and books and that type of stuff, and and so he's really into the weeds and a lot of it. So I I really wanted to bring like a layman's term to this because it's or a layman's you know viewpoint or perspective because you know at the end of the day it's the so what right? How does this impact me? What do I need to know about this? And one, I didn't even know there were different publishing laws until Luke, you know, it's like, well, should they be publishers? Should they be not? Um, I, and I didn't know any of that until he brought it up. So, you know, I'm learning as we go as well. And I guess I have some questions kind of back and forth because the, the big problem that I have with all of this and what I've argued, you know, with Luke and, and not smartly, not knowing, you know, publishing laws. But, you know, when you look at your your Facebooks, your Twitters, your Instagram, any of your social media platforms or any platform, you know, I look at free speech. Okay, and and what your right to free speech is. And I tell you, the one thing I did do some background on was the freedom of speech. Right. Obviously, a constitutional right. And I tell you this, 
ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know, those in between, go out there and gurgle like free speech. Uh, because when you look at Supreme Court rulings, like I don't even know what free speech is anymore. Like when I look at the Supreme Court rulings and look at the historics of it, I mean, it's all over the place. Right. Um, I get the whole part. You know, you don't want to incite actions that would harm to others. Right. So you can't go out and yell fire at a theater. I understand that point of view. Uh, but, you know, like to make or distribute obscene materials, uh, Roth versus U.S. You can't do that. You know, what's the definition of obscene? And I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But anyway, it just kind of comes back that that freedom of speech is uh, it's very hard to define, right? Um, the second piece of this, and being involved with you know small businesses, this may even be you know equally as important. I have a hard time when the government comes in to regulate or dictate what a private, and I get it, publicly traded, but who controls the majority of the shares, who has the voting power, uh, to dictate what a private company, you know, can and can't do, and how they have to operate. Uh, you know, within the legal, the, you know, the legal limits of the law, and maybe that's where my line is with freedom, you know, of speech and, and what Facebook and, and Twitter and this and that within the legal limits of, of, you know, what's lawful, it should be fine. And then once you go beyond that, then there's obviously a court system. Okay. You can be sued, right? Uh, criminally, you can be sued civilly or what have you. There's, there's a court system, a justice system in place to handle those things. But I have a real hard time with the government telling me how I, you know, as I run a business on what I can and can't do, because regulations are there to keep the playing field level. That's what regulations are there for. When you look at the, uh, <laughs> and Luke is throwing up his hands like he's praying right now, but that, you know, that that's the whole point of regulations. Okay. It's not to give one person a leg up, one person a leg down, whatever. It's to say, okay, the playing field is going to be even. And then that way the big businesses, small businesses, minority owned businesses, whatever, uh, have the same opportunity to succeed or, or fail. So I think, you know, coming back to Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, I, you know, my one fear is this. So, Luke, does, does this have the exact opposite impact that President Trump is looking for? Because if you start saying we can now hold you liable, right, because this all came from from a tweet and, and Twitter came out. Now, again, <laughs> Twitter didn't help themselves. Jack Dorsey and them, they went out and fact checked it. And they used what was it, CNN or MSNBC as as the as the source. So they didn't help themselves at all, right? So they fact checked it, they headlined it or caveated it or whatever. So now Trump's pissed off. He's like, oh, you're censoring, yada yada yada. So, but I think in my mind, if I hold the fact that Twitter and Facebook can be held liable, won't that lead to further censorship? Because if I say, hey, I'm going to hold you liable for everything that you publish, now I'm going to have a team dedicated. I'm going to say, hey guys. Anything that's not exactly middle of the road, if it's left or right, you're kicking that stuff out. We need stuff that is going to pertain to the masses. Or am I seeing that wrong? Okay, there's a lot to unpack there. A lot. There is. You're asking, you're asking a lot of <laughs> so, some pretty complex questions. Okay, so let me try to break it down a little bit. Okay, the way Facebook and Twitter and, and YouTube are operating right now are exact, is exactly like a newspaper or a network network uh, TV, you know, uh, Fox, CBS, whatever. They function on advertising and content, okay? Now, the New York Times has a certain audience, and that audience pays to read their content, and they work in the advertising there. That's how they get paid. That's how the New York Times makes money is off advertising. It's not off of newspaper subscriptions, Okay. That is exactly how Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, that's exactly how they operate right now, yet they're enjoying 
certain privileges because of Section 230. What this executive order hopefully is is going to change things up, okay? And either Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube are going to start changing up their policies or not. Because what, what Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube are doing is narrowing their audience the same way a newspaper does. So although they're not responsible for the certain content, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They, they can trample on the rights because they're a public platform of someone who is going to be bad for business for them. So if somebody posts something on there that's bad for business that turns off an advertiser, they can come up with some way to you know, uh, limit that person's speech. Now, look at it. Look at it this way, Roger. OK, and maybe I'm reaching a little bit. I'm not reaching on this one. There's a public square where everybody can get together and talk. You know, uh, it's public space. It's a platform for people to exercise their free speech. There have to be certain rules. You know, you can't advocate for violence against one particular person. You can't hold up a picture of child pornography or, a, you know, something horrible. Those are rules that are, you know, along the lines of decency. But when you st- when the owner of that public platform starts making certain rules, well, these people can't talk. These people can't talk or we're going to limit their voices. We're going to limit their bandwidth. That's kind of the problem with Facebook, Twitter and YouTube. That's one of the things without getting into each and every um, each and every incident of it. There are certain voices that are are being muted or shadow banned or whatever. Now, let me ask you this, Josh. Okay, I thought of this uh, in the shower yesterday. It was great. So imagine that you have Ma Bell. You know, AT&T or something or AT&T, Verizon and T-Mobile in the days of landlines. OK. And that's but, you know, they had technology, you know, where they could detect voices and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, determine what people were talking about based on keywords. And let's say one company decides, you know what, if two people are on the phone talking to each other and they start talking about Bernie Sanders is a great choice for president or someone should vote for Bernie Sanders we're just going to cut off. We're just going to cut that off. We're going to cut off that conversation right there. Now, AT&T is a private company. They can do what they want. But people communicate via AT&T over the phone. People are talking about it's, it's a way for people to communicate about participating in the process. But if they decide, nope, we are going to you know, hamstring that process and say, you can't talk about this particular candidate. You can't talk about this particular issue. It's a regulation. That's what I was throwing my hands up. This EO, I think, this executive order is the first step in regulating so that there's somewhat of an even playing field for everyone. That's it's a regulation. I, I don't I really think it's doing the opposite. I think it's increasing uh, freedom of speech, not decreasing it. Uh, what do you think, Josh? So I agree. So, you know, initially we talked about this. So initially when I saw it come out that, you know, Trump was going to uh you know, sign an executive order, you know, limiting. And of course, you know, the headline, I, you know, I had a momentary lapse of good judgment and let the headline, you know, speak to me rather than, than really reading into it. Um, <laughs> you know, and, you know, on the surface, like, so I, I, I am, you know, I adamantly, adamantly defend, you know, all of our constitutional rights, like from the get go, like, you know, I would rather have, you know, chaos than, you know, than a, than a safety, you know, provided by the, you know, government, you know, at the loss of our rights. Right. So, uh, you know, just kind of like that knee jerk, like, uh, uh-uh, no, you know, do not encroach in this in any way, shape or form. But yes, we got talking about it and you brought up two thirty. it was like, okay, let's wait for the EO to come out. Um, and no, I, I absolutely agree. Right. So 
I have no problem with private businesses running their business how they see fit. Um, however, comma, if you were going to act in such a way, you know, if you were, you know, you talk about, you know, you're going to be a platform or a publisher or vice versa, then you should be regulated as such. If you were going to be a publisher and you were only going to allow certain content, then you should absolutely be held liable for the content that is published on your site in your periodical, you know, whatever, whatever medium you're using, you should absolutely be held liable. So if Twitter wants to, or Facebook or, you know, we, we, or whatever the hell the platform is, if they want to, you know, censor certain views, whether they be left or right, then they should absolutely be up there. You have now crossed that line. You are now a publisher. You've lost those legal protections of being a platform. And now you're liable for everything that's put on there. Um, and it's going to, you know, one of two things are going to happen, right? Either people, you know, the, that, that company is going to say, all right, fuck it. You know, we're going to be a, we're going to be a publisher and they're, you know, they're going to, you know, skew everything one way. And that's fine because the free market will take care of itself. Someone will create something that is a true platform and it's true freedom of speech, right? Because the free market always wins. It may take a little while, but the free market will always find a way. Or the leaders of these companies, the CEOs are going to start cracking down and they're going to start identifying those employees who are using their positions, you know, whether they're sitting there in the IT department, you know, staring at ones and zeros or whatever, they're going to start identifying these people within their organizations and firing them and weeding them out, right? Because that's what's happening. A lot of these companies, you know, started out with good intent and started out like, hey, no, we're, you know, we don't regulate this. We don't do that. We, we are a platform, but they have hired, right? And where are these companies located? Look at the areas, and the demographics of where these companies are located and the majority of people that they hired, you know, those people have allowed their political, their personal political beliefs and leans to impact their jobs and how they do their day-to-day jobs. Right. So companies are either a going to identify those people and move them out and fire them, or they're going to allow it. And guess what? You know what? The, I, I, I think the, I think the executive order is a good thing. I think it's going to, allow more free speech because i mean you you saw it zuckerberg came out right after that <laughs> and dude, dude zuckerberg came out and told jack dorsey man it's like hey that dude not we don't agree with that dude that dude's on his own like facebook wow. dude, your platform because zuckerberg for all his flaw man he's not he's not dumb the guy is no. not stupid he knows that you because there's no way you can regulate the content on platform that big there's you not can't at scale and that you know I, I do admire Jack Dorsey a little bit because he he come he comes out and he takes responsibility as the CEO. He's like, hey, don't don't get down on my employees. Anything my company does is me. So hey, okay, he owns it. And man, did he screw up the other day when they fact checked Trump? Because Trump yeah. he put out a tweet about hey, you know, if we allow mail in uh, voting, it, uh, there will be fraud on a massive level. During the election, that is an opinion. That is absolutely an opinion because you can't form a factual statement about the future. And then Twitter came out and fact checked that, fact checked an opinion and flagged it, saying this could be misleading or false information. And if you clicked on the link, the fact check 
sent you to opinions by CNN editorialists. So they fact-checked with opinions. And that was a big mistake. And I think that <laughs> was, I think Trump and the Trump administration, I should say, was waiting for something like this. I think they've been getting a lot of heat by some of their uh, bigger donors uh, to start cracking down on this. And Roger, you know, you could be right. I, I, I'm not going to pretend like I know what the blowback on this one's going to be. But I, at, at, to start, I think this is at least a good conversation point, a starting point. To be like, okay, what are these companies actually doing? They're you know billion dollar companies now, and they can afford it, right? They can, if they're going to act like publishers, they can afford to you know Twitter can afford to hire a few more employees. I think they've only got like what three thousand employees or something for a, for a platform that big. It's crazy. So I'll leave it at that and kick it back to you, Roger. So I think here indirectly we're we're all in agreement. I actually don't disagree with very much of you know especially what you said and what Josh said. I think what I would like to see so one you can't compare the telecom company because one it's regulated different. It's a, it's a critical infrastructure. It's a utility company and they write the regulations for them because you have no choice. You have no alternative. Uh, that so that's why they write those for that. Whereas we've argued this for months that you do have an alternative with your social media. And, and you're already starting to see it, right? Because what was before Facebook? And Josh hit it on the head. The market's gonna determine this stuff. It's gonna work, work itself out. Before Facebook was what? MySpace, right? Then Facebook came out. And then what happened with, uh, you know, what happened with Facebook and the privacy and uh, the, you know, Cambridge Analytics and this and that. So then you started having Snapchat. And in between there, you know, before that you had Twitter come out. Uh, IG, you know, Instagram came out, which was, you know, inevitably bought by, uh, by Facebook. And now you have Minds and, and Max, Mastodon and, and a bunch of these other platforms that are coming out. I think what I would like to see, and, and this is where I do agree with you, I think it, it is a step in the right direction. I would like to see the free speech, but you're able to hold those companies and those platforms liable. So in other words, and this goes, you know, with your, you know, shitty analogy about, you know, a person owning the public square within it's not a public square, whatever. My whole point is, if the speech or the content that you host or, um, you know, that you, uh, you know, that, that people place on your, your social media platform, if it breaks the law, all right, um, then you're liable for it. You know, you talk about holding up, you know, child porn, you're breaking a law. You incite violence, you're breaking a law. Uh, so anyway, my whole point is, you know, you have that free speech, but at the same time, yeah, Twitter, Facebook, you know, slander, right? If you break the law, hey, if it's suable, that's how you fix that stuff. So I think that you open those doors and you say, okay, hey, you have total speech, but in agreement with you guys, uh, make, you know, hold them accountable. If, if Facebook publishes something or a user on Facebook publishes something that breaks one of the laws, they should be held liable. You should be able to sue them, right? But then again, you know, it just goes a little bit farther. It's like, you know, so where does that stop? Um, so, you know, I know it's 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 a big topic. It's, uh, you know, I think at the end of the day, we're on agreement. But I'm, I, I guess, Luke, I would pose this to you. I mean, is that fair? Is that the, I think I like the executive order. Uh, I say, yeah, you do hold them liable. Um, but, you know, they'll be held liable by legal standards. So if somebody publishes something that's against the law, uh, then obviously they can be sued, uh, whether it's criminally or civil. But other than that, I mean, you should have total free speech, right? I mean, is that, I know it's big, but is that kind of it in a nutshell? And that's kind of how I see it. 
I don't know. You're wrong about so many things. Uh, you know, we only have like two minutes left, so we might have to we might have to unpack some of that stuff later. I again, I think that the things we disagree on, and all you folks out there listening, you have to realize that the three of us go at each other's throats over the smallest little details. And Roger said a couple of small little details. I'm like, you son of a bitch. You're wrong, but it's not important. I I am in agreement with the overall point that you're making. So uh, freedom of speech, sure. But freedom of speech the same way as, uh, you know, someone contributing to the New York Times editorial section. You know, they have certain rights, but the editorial section doesn't have to publish their shit either. Hold on. Exactly. But let me ask you this. And I heard a pundit say this the other day. Do you have the right to lie? Yes. Depends about what. I would agree with that. Right. Uh, And obviously, you know, very broad, broad brushstrokes. But you have pundits on the major networks and political, uh, you know, folks out there that are like came out word for word, almost a direct quote. You do not have the right to lie. (laughs) And that's incorrect. (laughs) That's it depends incorrect. on what now, it is. Obviously, there are right there are limits to it, right? But it, to the extremes. But I think you're, you know, the the eighty percent in the middle of the road, you know, uh, forty forty. Yeah, you you generally you have the right to lie, and that's my problem with a lot of this stuff. And I think like you like you're saying before I cut you off, you know, it's like yeah, they'll have the right not to publish it, uh, and, and it goes on to a million different things, right? Because you go on to conservative radio, and, and what was that the the I forget what the name of it was, where they were, you know, because conservatives control the airways and they're saying, oh, you got to give equal time to the libs. And so, I mean, this thing is, is a like you said, it, it, before I cut you off, it's, it's a lot to unpack and it goes beyond it, it, just, you know, Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, it's, it, it is an interesting thing. It might be a little bit too technical, but I do think it will change the face of, of some things. I think you'll have to agree to new user terms pretty soon <laughs> if you're going to continue to use those platforms. But, uh, Josh, uh, you want to close us out? Yeah, yeah, I'll close it out. You know, you, you asked the question, you know, do I have a right to lie? Yeah, you know what? I really, honestly, I have the right to say anything. Um, Absolutely. You know, I, dis- I, I disagree with a lot of the, you know, those stolen valor laws out there. Um, you know, granted, I certainly don't advocate it. I think people who do it um, are deplorable. I think they're, you know, I, I think there's deeper issues with them. You know, they run around and be like, oh, yeah, you know, I want a silver star. I want the, you know, the metal bar, whatever, right? Um, but do they have a right to do that? Should they be prosecuted for that? As long as they're not, you know, using that for, you know, financial gain. Sure. I don't care. Like, you know, you can go out and say whatever you want to, you know, you can tell everybody you're a retired, you know, special forces sergeant major, which, you know, it seems to be like, there's, you know, every other person I meet, um, you know, especially around here, um, you know, do you, do you have the right to say that? Sure. You can say whatever you want to, you know, I really don't care. Um, however, comma, you know, once you're going to, you know, you're going to make that financial business decision that, you know, Jack Dorsey um, has made, you know, say, yes, I'm going to regulate, you know, some some of the content, you know, on my business. And that's fine. Absolutely. That is absolutely your right as a business owner. However, comma, there are now laws and there are things that you're going to have to abide by. You know, you've made that business decision. Um, just like if, you know, I make a business decision that I'm going to close on Sundays, you know, I'm not going to be open on Sundays. That's my business. I run it how I want to. Um, and then the free market will decide on its own, whether you have a good business model or whether you don't know, that's just, then that's the way, that's the way it should work. Um, so other than that, uh, I think this closes us out for another episode of Culper's Canteen Cup. 
Once again, we really appreciate uh, Carlton Zeus for the intro music. And you get a chance, you're getting ready to get back outside. Summer's here. Uh, you know, it's it's here. It's getting warmer. It's getting super incredibly hot here on the East Coast. Um, head over to uh, Outdoor 76 for all of your outdoor gear needs. And we will catch you guys on the next episode. Stay frosty.